Welcome to the Original Doll Podcast. I am your host, James Rodriguez Horton. On the Original Doll Podcast, I talk with the people behind the scenes who helped create pop music and pop moments in history. I deep dive into their work and their career and shine a light on the arts, and we do realize it takes a village. Normally on these episodes, I open up the show with a song that we talk about with the songwriter-producer themselves. Today's a little bit differently. Today I'm talking to Jordan Miller, creator of BreatheHeavy.com, Exhale Forum. We go into all that, uh, so have no fear. But for those first-time listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, What's great is we've been able to play some exclusive music and exclusive content from the people involved themselves. And every time we have a guest on, for each question they answer, an item gets donated to charity. Then, within the first 24 hours, for each listen we get after the episode is released, we get items donated to charity. What's great is we are helping the homeless LGBT teens. Now, this is very important. We partner with Our Art of Giving to help give items to these individuals who are living their their genuine life. And we give them things like new socks, food, hygiene products, because oftentimes they don't have access to these. So just by you listening to these episodes, you're helping out those people in need. So thank you so much. Um, And I also want to give a shout out to our Patreons, patreon.com slash the original doll. For even a dollar a month, you get some exclusive content. You get more information, kind of a daily Brit info. Uh, and content. And that's just a way to thank you. And that helps keep this podcast alive. Uh, As you know, we get more and more exclusive content. We need more and more server space, more and more and more and more. And there's also parts on the Patreon that does in fact also give back to charity. So if you have an extra dollar a month to spare, go ahead and sign up patreon.com slash the original doll. Thank you so much for helping out. We've been helping out these homeless LGBT plus teens, and we've been helping out women and children in domestic abuse shelters. Uh, We're going to be having fall coming up, and we're going to be getting items for them, whether it's candy for them, whether it's costumes for them, everything to make it be almost as normal as it can for the kids who are oftentimes without a home living at these shelters. So... Without further ado, I want to once again say thank you, thank you, thank you, and follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll. Now, we are, in fact, The Original Doll Podcast. There might be many uh, that sound similar, uh, that do some similar content. We are, in fact, The Original Doll Podcast uh, that talks to the actual creators of the music and producers, uh, people involved, and we're the charitable podcast. So make sure you follow us, The dot original dot doll and let other people know about this and if you have any questions or want me to deep dive into any future songs have no fear it'll be coming up and keep getting questions about when are we going to have the lonely episode with songwriter and producer josh and bring me home before the goodbye and red is the color have no fear all of those will be coming out within the next two weeks so red is the color will be coming out and i talked to uh two of the songwriters on there and two of the voices that you've heard so i'm going to let you know that's going to pop up make sure you subscribe this is the original doll podcast and i'm your host james rodriguez horton the original
Hello, what's hello, going hello. on? How's it going? How you doing? Appreciate you having me here. My name is James Rodriguez. Uh, I created the original Dial to uh, kind of shine a light on the different aspects of pop culture, pop music. I've interviewed Britney Spears songwriters and producers, everyone from like the Baby album all the way through um, the the Glory album, and everyone involved, whether it's backup vocalist, you know, all sorts of things. And I wanted to you know, kind of talk to you because Breathe Heavy has been around forever. Um, and I wanted to talk about, because there's a lot of, everyone is going into their own free Britney things and doing their own stuff. I'm like, so mine is very specific because I'm like, I'm not trying to add more into this whole, you you know, it, there's so much out there. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with the art side of it. Uh, so I'll do that in the commerce end. But What's great is the well, podcast. I, let, let, oh, go ahead. I want to interject real fast. Yeah. I love that. I love that because um, you're right. There's understandably so people are very focused on Britney's autonomy and the free Britney movement. And, and it's important that there's a big focus on that right now because her civil liberties are at stake. But I also agree. I think one thing that people are have kind of lost sight of amidst all of this is like, she is an artist. That's who why we fell in love with her in the first place. And I appreciate you having a kind of project like this in the works and, and continuing to do so because that's a really important piece of everything. And I I personally like to also remind people that she is a creative person. She's not only someone who's trapped in a conservatorship. She is an artist. She's creative and Sometimes when her Instagram posts are are deemed eccentric, it's like she's a creative person. Like, why are we so harsh on her? You know, she's an artist, she's a singer. So to focus on her music is a really refreshing change of pace for me. And I just really appreciate you reaching out um, and including me. Well, and that's I think that's the thing that's been amazing is to remind people that the reason why Britney Spears is as loved as she is is because of what she did, who she is, but also it took a village. And I think when, you know, I'm talking to vocal producers and, and I have an episode coming up with uh, Megan Catoni, who's worked extensively with Little Mix and she wrote Pretty Girls. And she was talking, she's like, you know, I you could be big in the UK with these songs and maybe not globally, but they'll know if you said you wrote a Britney Spears song because everyone knows whether people like it, don't like it, like it in retrospect, everyone knows. Mm -hmm. And it's been amazing to touch upon all these people because everyone's connection is so different and their work didn't stop at Britney. You know, we have people that worked with Celine Dion, you know, things like that, Pussycat Dolls, everyone afterwards. And mm -hmm. it's, Britney's always been a creative and when people are like, she's so bizarre in there. I'm like, if you followed her since day one, she's always been quirky and yeah. bizarre. bizarre is not the word, but you know, I always said, she really she's this creative everyone's like she's never going to do anything creative again I'm like if you're creative there's you're always going to do something what that Agreed. is is what that is um Agreed. and and now having you on during this time because I've been releasing these episodes with Joshua Schwartz who did before the goodbye anticipate and let me be lonely and we recorded his interview before Brittany saying lonely in the car and I was just like mm. and what was great is his story of it before he's like she was so excited because as the creative, she finally had the ability to let, let those wings start flapping. And then mm -hmm. days later, she's like, this is the song I'm most proud of. You know, it's just like, yeah, that's, 
that was a moment for sure because for exactly the what we just kind of like laid out is that there's been such a focus on her life understandably so but the music i mean when i posted the audio or the the video clip of her singing lonely on my instagram on brie debbie's instagram like a thousand comments in the first day it was just like people were just so excited so just happy to hear her jamming out to like her old music because that's kind of rare to see her kind of even just mention (laughs) any of her past music let alone a song that wasn't officially a single so that was cool and that was something where in in talking with all these people and everyone it's you know britney spears is a great you know, connector in a story. Like if we talk about branding and sponsorship, everyone knows, okay, Britney Pepsi, Britney this, then Mm -hmm. you go from there and do that. And so I wanted to reach out to you to talk about like when she did sign to do, you know, X Factor, she did all this stuff and everything, how did it work? But also that duality of Britney, the Mm -hmm. sex kitten, the innocent, you know, strong woman, Mm -hmm. maybe vulnerable because, you know, I've followed her since since day one, cardstock single, like that paper, terrible. I saw her on the mall <laughs> tour. I was just like, who's this girl that's random? Um, oh, wow. But so she's been somebody who I just always think she's changed everything, even if you want to say, well, no, but she was the next Madonna, the next this and that. It's like, well, now let's just make them their own. She's in yes. her own lane and, and deserves that respect. So with this podcast, I wanted to kind of... Um, honor the legacy of all of the arts that play a part because then you know this a cd single is not just a music producer doing it you have a graphic design artist you have a marketing person there's a lot of aspects that go into that mm-hmm. so i want to go through that and also on the original dial for every question you answer we get items donated to charity so mm-hmm. we are presently helping homeless lgbt teens we're giving them socks clothing water everything because these kids get kicked out for being their genuine self so you just being here answering these questions we have donors donating then secondly is the first 24 hours every list that we get we get items donated so just people listening they're helping people out and i think that's something especially pandemic onward that we really need to do especially within the communities that we have so thank you for being here and spending time yes what a beautiful um cause and it's very important and yeah if there's anything i can do i mean of course i'll promote this as much as i can on breathe heavy and try to have as many people listen as possible um so thank yeah, I you i appreciate you reaching out and just excited to kind of dive yeah. dive in <laughs> so let's let's give a little background to you so for the listeners who have no idea they're like who is this jordan miller how would you what, what would your i always say like what would your headstone say and i would be like i don't know if i'd want to answer that like not dead yet you know what i mean i'm like i want to be cremated so there's that <laughs> um but Yes, to those listening, first of all, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Jordan. I currently live in Las Vegas. I'm from here. And I started Breathe Heavy, which started out as a Britney Spears fan site in 2004. So the day that I finished my sophomore year of high school, I, I launched Breathe Heavy. And I had spent a year prior to that learning how to create a website because, you know, in 2003, 2004, there wasn't like these drag and drop options that we have now pre-social media and all that. So I wrote about Britney for 10 years straight, just Britney only, Breathe Heavy was just Britney exclusive. And then on the 10th anniversary in 2014, I made an announcement that it's gonna also include pop music uh, coverage. And that was, I got a lot of pushback for that, but obviously I had a 
you know, 10 years under my belt in terms of building up a Britney fan base. So I, I never personally stopped writing about Britney. I just also wanted to write about other, mm -hmm. other items. And then in the beginning of 2020, pre-pandemic actually, um, which is a weird timing coincidence of it all, I just was so burnt out writing news. I was using WordPress and I was just writing story after story for year after year. And I just could not do it anymore. And that's when I focused on becoming more of a community leader, so to speak, and leaning fully into the, the forums and the forums that we had launched, you know, 12, 13 years prior to that. So Breathe Heavy is now a community central home base only. There is no real formal news component besides people just creating topics. And just to give you a little bit of like stats, like in the last 30 days, there's been more than a million people that have gone to Breathe Heavy. That's the awesome. Facebook reach. Yeah, it's it honestly kind of blows my mind to kind of think of that figure. Facebook reach was like 15 or 16 million people in the last That's month. Awesome. Um, Instagram is is growing. Like just it's it's really crazy to think that I'm 17 years in <laughs> and Breathe Heavy is still kind of reaching new heights and a Obviously, a big, huge component of that is the Free Britney movement and, mm -hmm. and Breathe Heavy kind of being one of these places where the term Free Britney, um, you know, it existed on Breathe Heavy way back in 2009. And mm -hmm. I say that not to try to take any sort of ownership of it. I tried very lightly when it comes to that. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I was including that in my post back then because I felt very strongly about the situation Britney's in. So that's kind of a bird's eye view overview of Breathe Heavy. Um, and to anyone who's listening, like check out Breathe Heavy after you're um, done binging on these podcast episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Well, and that's something I think that uh, I don't want the listeners to lose is when you go to 2004, we're talking in the zone era yeah. through present. <laughs> like that's something that's like, Mm -hmm. That's a lot of artistic yeah. growth. A lot of things happen during during that time. Yeah. And I think that what I like are the the websites, the communities that really honor Britney Spears. And of course, there's the extreme end. It's it's funny. I I've come in contact with people that are like, you did not have this songwriter. You made up this part. That was somebody else's voice. And I'm like, well, there's video of me talking to this person. It's just like some people just want to be like angry all the time. And I'm just like, mm -hmm sending you a hug. You know what I mean? Cause there's, there's some situations where you can't win. And mm -hmm. I can only imagine the amount of shit that's, that's just being thrown your way <laughs> just because it's like, I remember when it's like, okay, who is the number one source? Who's not, who said free Britney first, who didn't mm -hmm. say free Britney first. And yes. I think it gets, it gets lost in, in the, the weeds of it all, because it's like, you're putting eyes on this issue and you talking about it 12, 13 years ago, Mm -hmm. You were talking about it as somebody who was writing about this, who was around, who could see the relationships changed in mm -hmm. how things were handled. Wait, there's less meet and greets. There's less this, there's less that. Mm -hmm. Like those sites from back in the early 2000s honestly could see the change in Britney outside of being on stage. And you were, you mm -hmm. were one of those. So let me ask you this then, when, when do you think Britney really like, it hit you that Britney's her career was going to be something that ultimately is going to be tied to you as somebody who's created this. At what point did you realize, ah, oh, shit, this, this is going to be, you know, Jordan of, you know, breathe heavy. At what point mm. did you realize this is big? Well, I actually 
I'm not sure I've ever thought of it like that until right now. <laughs> um, <You're welcome>. I, <laughs> uh, thank you. I, I definitely recognize uh, that I'm in a little way a piece of the fabric of her career at this point, simply because I've covered her career extensively. Uh, so I definitely do understand that. And, but I, sometimes I feel like I'm just so in the bubble still and that I can't see the forest from the, from the trees that mm. it's hard for me to have some perspective because there hasn't been a time where I haven't been covering her. Mm-hmm. So so currently this summer, as kind of as a symptom of the Free Britney movement and hearing her testimony, which kind of confirmed all of the suspicions that I've had mm-hmm. for 13 years, the weirdest kind of phenomenon happened to me where I started to really take a lot of trips down memory lane and look back on posts that I had written when I was 19 years old. And I had never done that. And I, I had no reason to kind of reflect so much. But it really forced me to like look at my life and and it was actually kind of more emotional than I thought. And yes, to your point of getting a lot of like negativity, I received so much positivity, overwhelming majority of comments I get are supportive, but I do get some hate. Mm-hmm. And it's those negative comments that tend to stick with me. And I think all people can agree to this, like the negativity just sticks with you because it's like a fight or flight response that gets invoked. And your adrenaline starts to race when someone calls you something horrible. And I've got a, kind of a, a lot of that this summer because there's just been more information out there. There's been more feedback coming to me. There's more people visiting Breathe Heavy. There's more people commenting. So I get a larger percentage of like this hate than I'm used to. And I say all that because I started, I am currently working with a life coach to try to understand like, who am I mm-hmm. when it comes to Breathe Heavy? And I've been documenting Britney's career for so long. Um, what does that mean for me moving forward? And how do I navigate this? And is this weird? Is this healthy? Is this good for me? Am I doing a good thing in the world or for her? And so I've just been trying to kind of navigate what this all looks like. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to have some perspective at the moment, but I am definitely trying my best right now. <laughs> I love it. Well, and the great thing is that that's an honest answer because I think the thing is, when the fabric of Britney's career has joined you on your journey, then mm-hmm. you separate where does that stop and where does where does where do I begin? Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the the hard part. And Britney Spears is one of those people that I think most people have rooted for during her entire career. I think I always say this, and it's it's a lot of people are like what I said. The only person more surprised that Britney Spears is a superstar is Britney Spears. I feel like she was just, I feel like she's, what I love in the interviews and interactions and and people talking with her is she's just like, I'm just having fun. Like, it's like, you know, for the longest time, not saying every time, not making that blanketed statement, but I feel like she doesn't even realize she's not one of those artists that would reflect back on. And I think there's Mm -hmm. a point where you hit that superstar status where you're like, oh shit you know what I have, you know what I mean? I have done yeah. that. I remember it was like Madonna, like the reinvention tour, like, I'm not going to acknowledge any of that. And she's like, fuck yeah, I'll acknowledge it. You know what I mean? There's that turning point. And I think what I, what I love about anyone from psychology, sociology, marketing can take Britney Spears's career and pull things from it and, and teach mm-hmm. pop culture, teach the vernacular. And that's why I wanted to talk about this, like 
specifically during this reality time of like 2012, mm-hmm. Britney signed on to this X factor because that was the most on camera we'd all seen Britney Spears in a long, in a long time. You know, it's usually mm-hmm. here's a quick interview, but this was like she was going to be there every day. So let's rewind back. Okay. What was the discussion? Like, was Katy Perry came after Britney did on American Idol, separate thing, but what do you recall what people's thoughts were for these reality competition shows back in 2011, 2012 at this point? Hopping out for a quick second to remind you to follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll. Go ahead and send me a DM, message me. You can also follow me on Twitter, at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. If you're looking to see which one it is, it's the one Britney Spears and many of the songwriters that you like and have been a previous guest follow on Twitter. So go ahead, follow that. The other thing is a reminder, patreon.com slash theoriginaldoll. It's a great way to help support this podcast to make sure we can keep making this something that is free to all. So even for a dollar a month, you're supporting the podcast, making sure that we can stay up, keep up with the servers and everything. Uh, There's also the charitable side of it. So make sure you tell people the first listens we get within the first 24 hours of an episode being released, we get items donated to charity. And for each question a guest on the show answers, we get items donated to charity. And don't forget, we have our episode about Red is the Color with the songwriter, uh, two of the songwriters, I should say, uh, both vocals that you've heard and more. That's coming up. Joshua Schwartz is returning back. We're going to talk about Lonely, Before the Goodbye, Intimidated, Bring Me Home, and another Britney Spears track that many people didn't know existed. So we're going to have more of that coming up over the next couple weeks. So make sure you subscribe. Apple Podcast is the best. It is free to all. You can go to www.theoriginaldial.com to get access to it quickly. And with everything else, we want to just say thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, Any and all content information, anything uh, is greatly appreciated. So thank you all so much for listening. Shout out to Patreons, uh, the patrons, Tyler, Tommy, Luke, Max, Rami, uh, Jenny, Rochelle, Tina, so many people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And back to the show. What was the discussion like? Was Katy Perry came after Britney did on American Idol, separate thing. But what do you recall what people's thoughts were for these reality competition shows back in 2011, 2012 at this point? Uh, from what I from what I remember, people were obviously super excited to see more FaceTime with Britney. So, but in, in generally speaking. I think during that era, it was still kind of at that point, like these competition shows were, I think had already passed their peak, <laughs> so to mm-hmm. speak. Like, I think it was just kind of what had already been done and it's working. So let's continue to do it. And maybe if we bring Britney Spears in, one of the most famous people on the planet, we can breathe new life into this show. So that's what I recall kind of the most but nothing like kind of jumps out of me of like this overall consensus i i remember the fans were excited because we were like yay more britney time we get to see britney like great and this was coming on the tail end of the femme fatale era which radio wise is like her biggest album radio wise like she did really well with femme fatale 
not my yeah. favorite album for whatever mm-hmm. reasons mm-hmm. but looking back i remember thinking wow this is great because we all knew britney was trained in the same way that justin and christina carrie russell they all were trained early on to be these performers and i remember the news was like how dare you have britney spears you know doing a singing competition this woman no, mm-hmm. no one thinks of britney as singing and i think what was lost in there is the fact that they're not trying to find the best singer they're trying to find the next superstar mm-hmm. somebody that has that it factor mm-hmm. um and that's what i that's what i remember during this time that there was a lot writing on it because a lot of people might forget this was season two of x factor season one was with paula abdul nicole scherzinger and a separate host and they were mm-hmm. like well this didn't work <laughs> let's let's clean the board off um but how did you think she was going to do looking back because there was a heavy price tag they were saying it was like 15 million dollars mm-hmm. as a fan and as somebody who followed her career was there a point where like i don't know if she's going to give us 15 million dollars worth of britney or if not mm-hmm. I never thought that. No, I I do recall those headlines of like making this very simplistic comparison of like Britney mm. Spears, you know, she's not like the best singer in the world and she's going to be judging people's singing voices and blah, blah, blah. Well, I've always hated that because mm. I think it's unfair to not to criticize Britney's voice. I think she has like an iconic voice and I think there's plenty of B-sides that never made any official album for instance let go this piano ballad like beautiful voice so mm. i always thought that was unfair to to criticize her like that it was very clickbaity it was an easy headline to create lazy journalism honestly so I, I remember a lot of those stories i remember writing a lot about this price tag of 15 million is it 10 million is it 20 million mm-hmm. is she going to be the the highest paid judge of all time blah 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 and so there was like this own energy around the amount of money she was able to generate, you know, for this contract. And uh, what was, and then you, you, sorry, I already went off a tangent. My ADD kicked it's in. All, your, it's all your, good. <laughs> your question it, was. Um, do you, so, with, well, with regards to this, do you think that it ended up benefiting the Britney brand? Because a lot oh. of people were wondering, was the $15 million worth it? Was she going to deliver? the goods ultimately? Hmm. I I have a kind of a neutral stance on it. I don't think it benefited her, but I don't think it hurt her either. I think that through the lens of Free Britney and the conservatorship and all that, at that point, she was, I think she was engaged at that point to Jason Trawick. And at one point he, he became, I think briefly her co-conservator. Yep. Uh, so I remember looking at X Factor and that era through that lens and just being kind of not super cool with that. I just felt like that was very strange. And I knew that that was going on behind the scenes as she's, you know, in front of this camera. And there was reports about her, you know, having an earpiece and being kind of fed what to say. And so then it just, if that was true, it just didn't feel so authentic. And it's like, it just didn't feel like it was a good time to do that, you know, under considering everything going on. I mean, I don't know what was going on with her at that point uh, in her personal life and all that, but it just didn't seem like she was living her most authentic life at that point. And so if you, if we are to believe that, then it's kind of unfair to put so much pressure on somebody to have to be in front of a camera 
to have to be around this audience and everything you're going to say is going to be edited and spliced into a clip to make you appear a certain way. And I just think at that point that wasn't benefiting Britney. So I guess actually I circle back that it, it may have benefited the brand. Did it benefit Britney the person? I'm not convinced. Well, and I think that's something, and and that's why I keep referencing it as like the Britney brand, because there's two separate entities. And yeah. the, uh, the thing a lot of people, and I want the listeners to know is when you become a superstar right away, Britney basically signed away her likeness with that first album, like mm-hmm. make it its own separate brand. She couldn't tell you every single merchandise keychain made in the, the Philippines or something like that. She couldn't, you know, she didn't know this is where your money g- comes from. It's licensed out uh, merchandise. But I think what's what's interesting is they kept putting that dollar amount on there. And I look back and I wonder, yeah. do we do that to the male superstars? Do we ask, are they worth that money? Because when mm-hmm. Katy Perry got it, that dollar sign was out there. But mm-hmm. you really didn't hear it for, you know, Lionel Richie. You didn't really mm-hmm. hear it for Blake Shelton, Adam Levine. You didn't hear these numbers getting thrown out there. But I always felt like, and and you know this too from covering with media and everything is you look back and go, would they have addressed this the same way had she not been a woman? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, is she worth what she's this dollar amount? We don't ask mm-hmm. Bruno Mars, is he worth this dollar amount? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's an interesting point. I, as you were saying that, I actually had a kind of different reaction to, the, and I was thinking like, I think it's actually interesting that the dollar amounts are, are announced, so to speak, when it comes to these female superstars, because there's, you know, amidst the whole Me Too movement and women wanting mm-hmm. at least equal pay, if yeah. not more. So to hear that women are generating so much revenue is actually kind of an interesting take if you kind of mm-hmm. look at it that way. But I do agree that Bruno Mars or Lionel Richie or, you know, any of the other male judges, you don't hear nope. about their salaries. Because no one ever uh, questions, are they worth it? That's the point. Yeah. No one ever questions, are they worth it? They're asking mm-hmm. this 15 million. It was like, for an estimated 15 million, will the Princess of Pop serve? Here we go. We're going to, yay, raise Britney. And mm-hmm. then it's just going to come back down. No one questioned anyone else involved in this. Um, mm-hmm. But so for you then, looking back, do you think there was ever going to be a season two with Britney? Or do you think it was always going to be a one and done? Mm. I, at the time, a little part of me, I think, hoped that there would be a season two selfishly because it was like, you're getting to see Britney on TV and it's like, Britney's killing it. And, you know, it's like, you're just, as a fan, you know, mm-hmm. you want that, you want that kind of like FaceTime to see them do their thing. But and she loved overall, those kids. She loved those yeah. kids. That's when she lights up with those kids around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I first said a little bit ago, how I, I think it, I, take a neutral stance that it didn't mm. necessarily hurt her brand or benefit it. I think that I said that because, you know, under the circumstances that she was under, you know, in the circumstances and all that, uh, considering everything, I think she did an amazing job. It takes a lot of strength to be able to be dealing with everything you have with your family and your management, and the doctors and the lawyers and just all of that mess. And then to be able to kind of set it aside go out to that judging panel and to just, you know, quote unquote, perform as a judge. That takes a lot of strength and resilience to do that. So I admire her for being able to do that. I don't think she got props for that. Um, 
Well, and that's yeah. that's knowing Britney Spears and all these these interviews and when she meets fans, she was never going to give you the Simon Cowell. She was never going to be rude for you know the sake of rude. Is that there's Britney mm-hmm. that's just like it's okay. And people are like, they tried fast cutting and doing all these edits. It's like, she probably was looking at somebody who was screeching, you know what I mean? And it's just like, how would you react? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is great. But mm-hmm. I think that there's also, that's still another part of Britney that I think did shine through is no matter what people said is she got into the music that when people like the kids were singing the songs, like you tell, she was just having a good time with them. I interviewed Autumn Rowe, Uh, a singer, songwriter, producer. She did Leon Lewis's Collide, Alexis Jordan Happiness. She was actually Britney Spears' coach on X Factor and talked about how just Britney Spears, when it came to the kids, she just lit up the Mm -hmm. whole time around these young kids. And that's the Britney Spears that I think always existed. The one that loves, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? The children around and, and gets into music. Like when she was dancing to like Ice Ice Baby, like, I don't think that was canned where they're like, Brittany, stand up right now. I just feel like she just stood up. She's like, I'm having a good time. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, children, they don't have, they haven't gone through this like transitional phase that we do as adults where we kind of get jaded. They're just, they don't understand the concept of fame, really. They don't understand, you know, she's Britney Spears. And so for someone who is very famous, <laughs> that's, I'm sure, very appealing just to be able to like be around other people although they're children just knowing that they're not like judging you and they're not like thinking oh you're so and so and and can I get something from you and and all of that mm-hmm. they're just they're just like coexisting in that moment together and um so as many if Bernie can have as many moments of like that as possible in her life like that's what I I hope for her I cannot wait for her to be back in that studio dancing with those kids. I miss Mm -hmm. that. Like that's the, that's Mm -hmm. the creative side of, of, of Brittany that I miss seeing Mm -hmm. where she was just like dancing with these kids. They're like, this woman showed up and started teaching dance. And they're like, it's Britney Spears. And half of the people are like, no, that can't be Britney Spears. That can't. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. you see all these videos and, and that's the part that's one of those endearing qualities that, Britney Spears I think will always have you know I think the sad Mm -hmm. part is there's beyond PTSD just like any of the rest of us during the pandemic we've had PTSD from everything and I'm like now times that by 13 years everyone like really look at it that way so looking back do you see then as to now do you see that the Britney brand would ever do anything like this again do a judging competition, something where it's a longer stint and not with Britney performing, the Britney brand, whoever's whoever's running that, whenever that is. Well, I was just going to say that that's a big component. Of <laughs> the Britney brand, in my opinion, has been destroyed as mm-hmm. it should, as it should be. It's it. The people who created this brand are the people responsible in many ways for Britney's situation. Mm-hmm. So although they had this wealth, quote unquote well oiled machine. Um I I hope that machine is broken into a million pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and whoever is whoever is part of the future Britney brand is are people who put her well-being first. Absolutely. And understand under give create a schedule for her with her <laughs> with her needs in mind. And they don't stack too many things on top of Wait, Jordan, you don't want to work on your, you don't want to work on your birthday. It's fine. You don't want somebody else to tell you you're working on your birthday. 
I know that was a really sad moment that you're referencing. Like, oh, well, oh, she'll be yeah. working. It's like, yeah. wow. Well, and know. at the time you're just like, you're, you're listening to this and you just go, did that, did they say that? It's one of those things I said, we are allowed to feel shocked. It's like, wait, did they, did you say, you know, it's like, it's like, wait, did that really just happen? And then you go, it did. Yeah. It did. That, and that's what made it to air. I mean, imagine what was cut. You know, that was like a tiny little glimpse. So to anyone who's listening who has no idea what we're talking yeah, about, yeah. there's a scene <laughs> in the documentary of Britney's, um, I think like from a few, like on 2014, and there's a scene where her team is kind of talking about Britney's schedule and Britney's not even in the room and they're kind of penciling things in and they said, oh, what about, you know, her birthday is December 2nd. Like, you know, it's, they mentioned it's her birthday and then her assistant says, oh, she'll you want Brittany to work that day? Like she'll be working or whatever, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it just goes to show that <laughs> Brittany's well-being and her birthday and these kind of milestone days in someone's life, they weren't there to be celebrated. They were mm-hmm. there to have her work and make money. And it's like one of my childhood dreams that I still to this day want <laughs> in my heart, even though sometimes I try to fight it, I'd love to work for her. And I just know that I would never be someone who would ever think that way you know mm-hmm. it just I mean this whole thing with breathe heavy the whole point of breathe heavy in many ways is to like up uplift her <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and um I just when I heard something like that and just seen all the million other things throughout the years I'm just like it's well, just despicable <laughs> and that's one of those things that I think on on breathe heavy and and in exhale is when some of these quotes come out and things happen, like at the beginning, we're like, wow, that sucks. But then when you see how many times that happens yeah. over and over, you just go, oh, so this isn't a, that's not a one-time thing. This is, this is the way you work. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're having her work. And um, I actually have a, this Excel spreadsheet where I've been going back with a lot of the songwriters and producers where they're like, yeah, I think she was working on this or that at the time. So then I got to narrow down when she recorded specific parts of songs because there would be an interview where somebody's like, oh, she recorded I Run Away and then anticipating right afterwards and she had to get on the plane because Madonna's tour opened up the next day. Boom, you just go to what date in Madonna's tour and then you just go, okay, that was the day that they did that. And then, you know, nice. you look and go, when did this happen or where, you know, did these people come into play? And I think- looking at it it's just like the amount of time that she has worked that we don't know of is mm-hmm. ridiculous i talked to um cassia livingston uh who did uh, unusual you scary vertigo pulse and everything and stick with you pussycat dolls and a bunch of other songs and she said you know during circus like britney came in it was amnesia britney came in and they were just like okay britney you got to get in there and do this and She's like, wait, and and Cassie was like, wait, I haven't, I have my crappy, I shouldn't say crappy. She's like, I have my not perfect vocals on here. And you want her to sing with that? Like, she's going to hear this other pitch. And she talked about during the recording that Britney herself, her ear could pick up what the right pitch was. And so this demo that they have of Britney singing along with the demo thing, Britney was singing and hyper-focused and was able to hit all the right notes when Cassie's was going flat, just because she was running through the song. And she goes... Yeah. That is the Britney Spears that everyone should know. And they said she only has 20 minutes. And this is the part that people forget. Jordan, if I wrote a song for you today and I said, hey, you're going to learn in the next 10 minutes, you're mm-hmm. not going to be, most people are not going to be perfect the first time. So when people hear all these like demos and things like that, I'm like, she's learning the song brand new. 
but you can't teach somebody how to get that pitch right. So her whole story was Brittany went in there, rocked it out. And this demo that's been, that's been on the, the internet, you actually hear her um, mic or her, yeah, her headphones were so high. You can hear Cassia's vocals and it's like a little shaky at parts and you just hear Brittany hitting the right pitches and everything. And that was before any studio bells and whistles or anything. And it's like, that's who it is. But it's also, she's like, I felt bad. She didn't get time to like sit down and just relax. And none of us knew what was happening. And that's that's the part with the songwriters and producers. So many people are behind the scenes. No one knows what's happening. You could hear things and see things firsthand. And the part that sucks is looking back, people are like, oh, they did say she needs to get five songs done in 20 minutes. And it's just like, wait, that's not, that doesn't make any sense to do that. Um, and it sucks yeah. that that was that. Go ahead. I heard that. That I listened to that podcast, um, which was a great one, a great episode. And what's what's interesting to me hearing that is like she had 20 minutes to memorize, uh, you know, amnesia and, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like this is around the, the time that Brittany was placed into a conservatorship and was done so without her consent because they claimed she had dementia. Well, it's very interesting that someone can memorize a song and record and do it with you know the right pitch and all that with a rigorous mm-hmm. schedule, but be so but be deemed so incompetent that you're placed in a conservatorship. These are the kinds of signs that I would see over the years, which is why I felt so strongly to stick to my guns over the, you know over these t- decade plus, because although I had no idea you know what Brittany truly thought of all of this up until yeah. recently, I wouldn't hear things like this uh, and see other red flags and be like, all right, this, this doesn't make sense. And so uh, I just love, I just love to hear things like that because it's great to hear these little tidbits of behind the scenes information as to how Brittany was and is as an artist Mm -hmm. and how, (laughs) how immensely talented she is to be able to even do that. I can barely memorize like how long, <laughs> how long how long does it take us to remember the lyrics to like an Ed Sheeran song that we've been listening to on repeat or whatever do you know what I mean like it's that mm-hmm. part and I think that's why I've loved on the original dial really going through and talking to these people about it's about their experience as artists mm-hmm. that they do this and over and over again it was just these fantastic stories about the people that worked in the studio with her and Josh he Britney wrote five songs on the Britney album during that whole time they were all co-writes with this Josh and Brian. Mm-hmm. So she clearly had such a great connection. Mm-hmm. Those all came out from, from that. And it was just like, you know, and in, for the listeners that know some of the episodes, we go through more because uh, we actually break down all of the songs that Josh did from Right Now Taste the Victory, My Only Wish This Year, Let Me Be and everything. And w- the audience gets to learn, like, Let Me Be. Britney Spears was just, she walked in and she was just like, I'm over. X, Y, and Z. I cannot stand. I need, I need to get a song to let my feelings out. And, and so Josh is like, we started playing beats and she started writing, let me be. And he goes, mm-hmm. she created the melodies for anticipating. He kept saying it over and over anticipating. You like those melodies. That was Britney Spears that created those. So no matter what you say, you like anticipating it's because the melody and it's Britney did it. And with let me be Britney said, I want this type of song. This is what I'm doing. Uh, you know, and bef- uh, not, but that's where you take me. She was like, I like Craig David. I like two-step, make me a two-step song. And a lot of people are like, mm-hmm. what the hell was two-step? And then I'm like, when you hear it, you go, but it was great to hear all these stories about, there was a time in which 
she had that autonomy. She had that agency to really, and of course the label plays a part just with any other, you know, artist. but these are the stories that I've been enjoying because it gives us more insight to who she is because we're always looking through others eyes whether it's a paparazzi photo or a producer a music video that hearing these stories about their experience with Britney and none of them have to you know there are some mm-hmm. people that are like I forgot I did that song with Britney Spears like that was <laughs> and it was like an honest answer and I'm like you know what you've done 3,000 songs like you don't know what makes a cut and you know you've you've you know been around the the industry enough to know just because the song gets cut does not mean it's going to be put on that album Mm -hmm. my conversation with jordans continues part two don't forget to subscribe the dot original dot doll on instagram there's a link tree on there or go old school with the website www.theoriginaldoll.com and i'm going to be having more with jordan miller coming up as well as red is the color Before the Goodbye, Trip to Your Heart, Intimidated, Bring Me Home, and more. So make sure you subscribe on your preferred podcast platforms. As soon as I get the okay from the publishers, songwriters, everyone, I send those episodes out as soon as I can. Uh, So please be sure to subscribe so you get notified right away. Any questions, shoot me them at Twitter, at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z, or on Instagram, the.original.doll. See you on the flip side. <laughs> the original doll.